similar. So, but it was uh, it was it was pretty pretty tough neighborhood. You know, it was low income. It was what you what we called um, housing. Uh, we call it housing commission here. We call yeah. it housing project. It was a project that I don't know if it, it was a very successful project, but it it was a project nonetheless by the government. And um, I um, I was brought up mainly by my mom. You know, my mom, Jeanette Smith, who's a wonderful lady, and she was a very young mom. Um, 16, 17 when she had me. She actually 17, turned. Okay. Well, she, she actually turned eighteen the following day because I'm okay. July second. She's July third. Okay. Yeah. So she she was a young mother uh, raising myself. I was the oldest and um, three other siblings. I was the oldest of three siblings, two brothers and a sister. Uh, Christopher, hmm. who's a hairdresser, who lives in um, so, L.A. So where the rest of the family they they're sort of still back in America now live here? Yeah, or? yeah. They all live all in America. Only family I have here is. It's my kids, yeah, yeah. which yeah. we'll talk about later. Eight, eight children, yeah. so yeah. been very busy. <laughs> very busy, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. But my, my brother Christopher lives in uh, L.A. He's a hairdresser, and um, he's been he's been doing hair since he was for almost forty years. Mm. And um, he likes women too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. offense to uh, hairdressers around the world, but <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, he's a hairdresser who, yeah. Into got, a, got a couple of hairdressing clients I've been talking to lately, but anyway, that's right. That's, that's, oh, okay, they are around. Okay, and then I had a sister, uh, Ava, who lives in um, Miami, Florida, mm. uh, actually a suburb of Miami uh, called uh, Boca Raton. Okay, I've heard yeah. of that. Yeah, that suburb, yeah. Boca, yeah. So she's been there for quite a few years now. And then my mother is still in Chicago mm. with my youngest brother, mm. who has a little little uh, daughter mm. that lives with her as well too. Her, 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 her so I guess, uh, how old were you when you first sort of picked up a basketball and started dribbling and uh, thought that uh, you enjoyed the game? I was 10 years old, actually, when I, when I yep. started. It, it, because the area where we grew up at was um, mainly concrete sort of environment, a lot of mm. concrete. It was the easiest game for us to play. It was a uh, uh, very, um, you had to be very resourceful. So we, we didn't have uh, very nice hoops and all that stuff. So we, we would take, take a bicycle rim and, mm. you know, take the spokes out and, you know, Tack it to a piece of wood and then hang that on a on a, um, a telephone pole or something like that. Or, or we'd use those those uh, square milk crates, you know. We we tack those onto a, a a pole or something, and we would you know play basketball because basketball is a game that was you could have a lot of a lot of participants all in one confined yeah. sort of area, yeah. all all vying and fighting for a ball, a basketball, yeah. to put it put it to a hoop, and that's what made us you know play really tough and become very tough sort of players yeah. because it was such a you know, um, it was just one ball for all these people. So, so I picked up the game. I, I watched a lot of friends uh, in my neighborhood playing it when I was ten years old. And um, one particular friend by the name of Keith Stennis, who was very good, he was the best player in the neighborhood. I used to marvel at the way he would, you know, just carve people up in the neighborhood. And I said, man, I want to, I want to play that game one day, you know. And I um, picked up picked up the game and just you know just fell in love with it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I guess growing up, when did you sort of have your first sort of spurts of height? And uh, when you uh, when you obviously growing up, you know, as as basketballers at a tall have a bit of an a bit of an advantage and right. and that sort of thing. So when did you sort of have your first growth spurts? That would have been around year five or six, I think. I started to sprout up. I was always the tallest in my my classes from that point on. Yep. Um, and that's that's funny that you asked it because at the same time that I, I developed my love for the game of basketball, I was starting to, it was start, I was starting to grow physically as well. Yeah. So they were starting to you know sort of come together, mm. my physical sort of attributes along with my my, my passion and love for the game because I started you know picking up magazines and reading about all my favorite players and so you know, back in the in the seventies who was your favorite player? Man? Oh man, Julius Doctor J. Doctor J. Yeah. Doctor J. Yeah. And actually. 
most one of the most surreal things that ever happened to me was uh, actually doing a TV show with him here in Brisbane called wow. Time Tracks. Yeah, T R A X. Cool. It was uh, it was a it was a show that was very similar to the had the same concept as um, um, the Matrix actually, and uh, he came out for to do an episode during uh, the 1993, 90, in the 1993, 94 season yep. of, bas- of basketball. Yeah. And I was uh, fortunate enough to get to meet this guy <laughs> who I, you know, I, I read his books, idolized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was an unbelievable uh, moment. Yeah. So uh, he was, I loved, not just because of him, because of his basketball exploits. Yeah. You know, he was the most exciting player during that era yeah. with his big afro and all that. Yeah. But he was also a uh, gentleman off the court. I learned a lot from that, him from there too. You're very, very, um, very gracious to his fans, his fan yeah. base. Um, just you know, very eloquent, well spoken. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I, all those different attributes of him. Yeah, I can see I, why I you'd of, idolize him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked up to him for, for those for those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, how old you were? Were you? Do you think you were when you said, you know, I can be a pro basketballer? I, mean, what, I, I said, I, I would say around year eight, year nine, I started to realize if I put so put, put 13, some, 14? Yeah, 13, 14, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I would if I put the effort in. I said to myself, I may be able to you know make some money. Um, Playing this game, playing a mm. game, I, w- I would play gladly for free anyway. Yeah, you know, but you know, it was why not? You know, try to earn a living doing it, you know, and seeing yeah. seeing the world, you know. But also knew that education was even more important than than sports because you, I, I was always taught by uh, my mom and, and um, another very important person in my life, uh, Mr. Bob Walters, who's my high, my high school coach. He taught us about uh, life after basketball and being okay. prepared, and you know, and having a, a second, you know. Uh, uh, plan B, you know, just in case yeah. basketball didn't work out. So we, we were always uh, cognizant of that, me and my teammates, you know, mm. growing up in high school in Chicago, uh, that you had to have a plan B, you know. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So yeah. obviously high school and obviously he, he would have been a great influence on you. And um, tell us a bit about what, what did you sort of enjoy academically at school? You, you talk about how important it was. What were you good at academically? English is my one of my favorite if most uh, it's, you know the the, most, the the one subject I was most interested in I would say English yep. English and um, history you know, yep. which was quite ironic with the history because I ended up I ended up traveling around the world through basketball and visiting places that I would read about in my history books you know places in France and Spain and all those different places so that was quite a um, a joy and a, you know, Marvel. A Marvel did that as well too. So that was probably my two favorite subjects. Yeah. Yeah. Math, I was okay with, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, but those, yeah, maybe those two. I guess you'd be an accountant. That was <laughs> math was math was probably more than likely your yeah your maths, strong suit. <laughs> maths was definitely one of my subjects that I did the best in. Um, and the other thing was, which was quite surprising, mm. um, considering I don't really use it anymore is Japanese. I was actually oh, right. very good at speaking Japanese. I won the subject prize at school. Um, yeah. back you know, back in the days when you were, you know, you were playing in the NBL. So Of course, okay. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, so I guess the, tell us about how how sort of I guess uh, college basketball started out for you. How do, how did you sort of get your uh, get into into college basketball for the first time and tell us about those early years in college. Well, what happens is uh, if you're if you're a very good Good high school player, which you obviously Partic- were. Yes, uh, yeah, pretty pretty decent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, the college, the college, um, te- college, uni- the universities in America send you letters, send letters to your to your home, to your school. Yep. You know, um, all you know, expressing interest about you know, with, for, for you to come to to the school and be a student athlete. Yeah. You were considered a student first and an athlete second, and um, I was um, quite fortunate to receive hundreds and hundreds of letters from schools all across. 
um, the country, and um, I um, finally decided. So all outside the Chicago area as well, and oh yeah, schools, yeah, yeah from everywhere from, from from the East Coast to the West Coast. Mm. There was uh, Ivy League schools. There was, you know, I, that was I had boxes, two boxes mm. of letters, you know, mm. from uh, various schools. And what what back then what happens is you you were, you were allowed to take six visits to the schools that you you narrowed down, you know, to, and I uh, visited. Several schools in in the, in, the, in Illinois where, I, where I'm from, as well as um, a school in California. Actually, Fresno State was one of my more more uh, memorable memorable uh, visits. And that's the school that um, the great um, was playing with Ka- Kawhi this year with the Clippers. Are you talking Paul George? Paul George, yeah. PG thirteen. That's the school he went to. So okay. I, I visited that school and had a very good time. And me, me and one of my other teammates, we we almost went there on a, on, a, on, a, on a, what we call a, um, a package deal. The two of us, because I had a teammate mm. named Curtis who was uh, quite a good, good player as well. So uh, that, that that didn't come to fruition. So I ended up uh, deciding to stay home in Chicago because I love the city so much. And I went to uh, I, I went to a school called University of Illinois in Chicago for, mm-hmm. for one year, and um, had to sit out a year. So what did you have to sit out a year? What happened? Well, um, to be honest, you uh, they there's a, you have to have a certain grade point average. To play your first year, okay. So and pretty, I yeah. and I I didn't really mention that, but my first two years of high school, which was year nine and year ten, yep. I went to a very, very um, highly um, regarded academic school called okay. Lindblom Tech. Okay, and it was the first time I'd ever had a taste of freedom because I went to a little small uh, uh, Catholic school in my my neighborhood. Yeah, my mom, you know, she worked hard to to keep me in that school, and and um. Once I graduated, she didn't want she didn't want me to go to the school in the neighborhood, the, the local school, because she feared for my safety and, and I th- thought I would be too disrupted by all the yeah. all the local uh, people. So she she made me take a test to the school called Limblom Tech, okay. and um, I took the test and I, I, I passed with flying color because I was I did very well academically in grammar school. But that was my first time having to having to take like a couple buses to, uh, a train to get to school. Yeah, and I didn't really handle that that, that newfound freedom very well. Oh, okay. So I, I was wagging school a lot. Okay. Kids out there don't wag school, you know. No. So I wagged school those first two years, and, and that that sort of hurt my grade point average. Okay. Then I, I finally, my mother finally uh, allowed me to come go to the local school, and it turned out to be a good deal. You know, Carver Area High School, which I which was a school that uh, featured um, Tim Hardaway. Who's a very famous NBA player? Mm-hmm. He ended up and being he's a got teammate a son as well. Yeah, yeah. She didn't realize that, that school was was just as well. It was just as good academically as well as um, um, th- th- they had a better basketball program and all that. So I, I did very well my year, my year, my, sec- my last two years of high school, year eleven and twelve. But my first two years came back to haunt me. So my grade point average, which you had to have a two point oh to go to college, to play college basketball the first year, I was a, I was a fell a little bit short. And um, as a result, you have to be, you have to do what we call red shirt, yep. red shirt a year. Yeah, that, that turned that, to be a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I, I sort of heard about that, but didn't know yeah. exactly how it works. So that's a really good ex- explanation. Yeah, yeah. So they, what happens? Well, I, I red shirt a year, but I was able to still train, yep. train with the team that I was I was yep. th- at the university. Mm. But during that year at this university in Chicago, yep. University of Illinois Chicago, I realized it wasn't really the place for me, and I ended up transferring across the country, I'm mean, across the town, yeah. to Loyola University. Yeah. And um, that school turned to be a b- much better um, fit for me, okay, uh, academically and and um, athletically. Yeah, yeah, we went pretty far in the, uh, in uh, college basketball. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I made a bit of a name for me uh, myself in uh, the college basketball ranks. Yeah, excellent. So obviously, uh, you had obviously three full years playing for Loyola. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a bit of a tongue twister. It is yeah. a bit of a yeah, tongue twister. So it's Loyola. Yeah, it's a Jesuit school. It's, uh, we have Loyola University of Chicago. Yeah. There's one. There's a Loyola University in uh, California, mm. in um, um, right near the airport. Yeah. Loyola Marymount. Mm. There's another Loyola in um, the New Orleans area. Mm. area. And there's also New Orleans in Baltimore, Maryland, mm. which is where the great Leroy Loggins yeah. is from. So I was from, and then we had the fourth one in yeah. Chicago, yeah. Which, I, which, which I attended, yeah. Okay, so it look, looked like you had pretty good stats in college. You had, uh, you know, looking at those stats there, 20 points, 20.6 points a game, 12.4 rebounds, very big numbers for... Yeah, yeah, uh, for the college ranks, yeah, yeah. So that obviously got you noticed uh, at, at the NBA sort of ranks. Right, it was actually my, that was, those, those stats were from my, my last year at the school in 87. My first year, I... Yeah. Um, I made a big splash because we had, we ended up going very far as a team. We okay. had a lot of team success. We went to the um, 1985 NCAA tournament. Okay. And ended up going to the Sweet 16. Really? Uh, got to the really get, get cool. to the final 16, and we uh, we just barely lost to a, a Georgetown team that was led oh, by Georgetown. Uh, that was huge back then. They were led by uh, uh, Hall of Famer Paul, uh, Patrick Ewing, who I had to match yeah. up against. Yeah. Yeah, you had to be. On, yeah, imagine trying to guard Ewing. Well, we actually ended up we ended up uh, canceling each other out that particular That's game. Good. It was it was stuff. nationally televised game. Everybody thought he was gonna just destroy me, yeah. Because you know, he was you know he was the monster of the monster the of, the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the college ranks. But he ended up um, scoring. We both scored about twenty points and ten rebounds that particular game. It's on YouTube if you guys want to check the stats. It's there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that game's on YouTube. They show it on the uh, classic um, basketball uh, network sometime. Yeah, you know, from time to time. And um, yeah, that that name got my, my that game got me a lot of notice from the. Um, yeah. The professional ranks, yep. um, and then I, then I went on to. I actually wish I probably would have um, left school at, after that game after after that after that season. I probably could have went in, went in early to the NBA and maybe sticked a little longer. But you know that's all hearsay. Yeah, you know could have would have should have stuff. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change my life. You know, no. for anything. Or, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So obviously uh, the NBA draft, nineteen eighty seven draft. Yeah. Um, Tell us about the lead up to that. I mean, did you have obviously a lot of scouts who were obviously, uh, you know, yeah. on the sniff and uh, oh, yeah, trying yeah. to, uh, you know, suss out what's going on and, and obviously come draft day, tell me what draft day was like back in 1987. Okay, so before draft, before the yeah. draft, the June draft, uh, 1987, and before every draft, there's three, well, back then it was three major um, tournaments that you had to get invited to as a college player if you, if you were um, okay. on, the, on the radar. There was one in Portsmouth, Virginia. It was uh, these are these are tournaments where they would get all the top players t- together and play against each other, and the scouts, the the the, 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 the stands would be full of full full of uh, NBA general managers and coaches and and whatnot, all NBA suits, so to you know, so to speak, watching us play. Sort of like a, a, a very um, a, a very um, um, outstanding audition, so to speak. You know, then there was um, Chicago, my hometown. We we hosted the. Um, what they call it, ABCD um, basketball um, NBA camp for for um, potential draftees as well. So th- these all happened like within two or three months of each other. Yep. And then finally there was the um, Aloha Classic, which was in, in Honolulu, Hawaii, and I actually played in that one. I, w- I, w- I participated in one, in the tournament in, in Chicago. I was because I'm in home, my hometown, and I was invited. And then I was invited to go out to Hawaii. It's, they brought the 32 top players out there, um, divided 
the uh, divided this into eight eight teams. I mean, four teams, eight players each team, and some of the players that were featured out there out in West Coast. You had uh, Reggie Miller, who's a Hall of Famer now. You had um, Reggie Lewis, who also played with the Georgetown team with uh, Patrick Ewing. And you had players like uh, who else was big? Uh, Ke- Kevin Johnson was yeah. out there. Uh, Kenny Kenny Smith, who's now a great broadcaster, you know, with the uh, NBA. Mm. Uh, what is it called? NBA Inside with Chuck Chuck Barkley. He's on, you know? the, he's on the panel, the main panel there. And yeah, yeah, he was I he remember, was he was yeah. part of my my uh, my draft class. Then my team featured a, a young a, a gentleman that um, you guys may have heard of who who actually. Was the the uh, uh, Robin to? Oh, you talking my, about my guy, Scotty Pippen? That's right. Yeah, Scotty <laughs> Pippen. Scotty, Scotty Pippen was on my team. Okay. So he was uh, a very you know un, very unknown at the time, and um, we actually became good friends during that little that two or three weeks we were in uh, Hawaii, mm. and um, we, I, we I befriended him. We befriended each other, I guess. To speak. He was just a really nice guy, and um, we actually had a, uh, a a dunk a slam dunk competition during that tournament that uh, he and I competed in. He barely beat me in that as well. Everybody thought everybody thought I really got robbed in that too, because I was doing some <laughs> quite some it. quite some uh, quite you know, high degree of difficulty dunks. Yeah, and he was doing just sort of like the like doctor tomahawks, you know, and tomahawks, and sort of sort of yeah. sort of basic sort of stuff. So I'm still a bit salty about that, but <laughs> but I think he's went on to have a pretty good career. And yeah, I would yeah, I would, like I said, I wouldn't trade my yeah. my you know the role my. My, my my career went to you know yeah, no, as well, sure. but it was that was great times. You're playing in those tournaments. Mm-hmm. So after those tournaments, that's when the scouts start to you know, they invite you. I was invited to to go to a couple teams uh, to do like a little like a little uh, workout. They, they they work on your shooting. They, they 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 take your body fat. They they you know because you're you know you're 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 a major commodity. You know a potential commodity to these to these guys I mean, to these franchises. So I was I was brought up to uh, uh, New York Knicks. That they had a look at me, the Denver Nuggets. They spoke with me while we were in Hawaii. Some of the some of their general managers, and they ended up taking me to the uh, the, um, the uh, Denver Nuggets in the thirty first their thirty first pick. They had no first round pick that particular year in eighty seven. So I was the first pick for that team for that yeah. for, t- for yeah. that team that year. Yeah. So you had to live in the Rockies for a while, or at that stage? Yeah, I was uh, in a place called. Um, it was a Colorado was um ah, I forget the time I, I wasn't there I was I was, I was it was a suburb of, uh, of yeah. Colorado of Denver that I, I lived in it was beautiful yeah. kind of like this picture right here yeah you look around me a lot of this 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 this, this sort of view viewpoint mm-hmm. here yeah but um yeah so but I, at the at the actual draft I actually came to New York to uh to, to to attend the draft not knowing where I would go you know in that particular draft and I was actually sitting next to a Mark Jackson um, yeah. You know, during when he when he got drafted he got number eighteen, year, didn't he? yeah, yeah, he was drafted number eighteen by, yeah. by New York. I thought yeah. at, when um, Commissioner Stern called yeah, out uh, uh, the 18th pick for the New York Knicks, I, I, I thought I had a chance because they, they they had a lot of you know showed a lot of interest in me. Yeah, I thought I had a chance, but they called Mark Jackson. He was a local guy from St. John's, yeah. you know, St. John's University in New York. Yeah, and he was great, you know, great player as well right. too. Yeah, so he fit in very well with uh, Patrick Ewing and became like you said the, uh, the rookie of the year. But I thought I had a chance. But I remember that moment when they when they called. I'm like, oh, I got a chance. He might call my name at number eighteen. You know? Yeah. But um, you know, it was it was you know, it didn't work yeah. out that way. Yeah. So how how did this sort of NBA career then start out? What what sort of happened after you got drafted then? Well, the first thing that happens is they you know you get you get um you get a phone call from the from the club welcoming welcoming you to the city. Yeah, that's very exciting. Mm. And then they they fly you out and you um you start participating in all their the various activities they have. You know, the, the um, 
training camp, which is uh, quite quite um, full on. You know, it's a full on sort of sort of thing. There's, there's you know, lots of um, mm-hmm. um, you get you get introduced, you get acclimated as a rookie. Yep. Quite early in, in the piece. Mm-hmm. You know, the veteran veteran guys. Um, they, a lot of the veterans get to sit, sit, sit back and sort of watch us sort of mm-hmm. running and you know and, and working really hard, mm-hmm. but it's good fun, you know. So I was it was twelve rookies that actually got picked up by the by the Nuggets that particular year, and out of the twelve rookies, I was the only one that actually signed the contract yep. in the end. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then what happened after that? So we. So was- so what happened was um, that team, the, the Denver Nuggets, the previous year had a, they had a really good season. Mm-hmm. And with the way that they used to have, uh, they used to have some Kiki Vandaway used to play for them. No, Kiki was already yeah. gone. Their star gone. player at the time was Alex English. That's right, Alex and, English. And Fat Lever yeah. was the young guy, yeah. kind of starting to make. Well, they they used to score block. like a pretty high points per game. Oh yeah, yeah, one of the highest scoring 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 yeah. teams in the league. Yeah. Because they they also run a lot of teams through the, into the ground because yeah. they had they played at a very high altitude. Yeah. And a lot of teams weren't, weren't weren't really ready for that. Yeah. I remember the, I remember the Lakers playing up there. And uh, they they actually brought a, a oxygen tank <laughs> you know, to sit next to the yeah. next to their team, you know, next to their uh, bench yeah. for the players because they you know they were they were losing so much you know uh, yep. oxygen so quickly. So training that sort of altitude, a lot of the, uh, the Olympic teams over the years have trained in that sort of altitude. Yeah, that's what the, that's where the main tr- the Olympic training uh, camp for a lot of the athletes in America is mm-hmm. in, is in um, Denver, Colorado, mm-hmm. because of the uh, altitude. And it, it's very good for training. Mm. And the other team, you might you actually you, you got uh, either traded or you went to the Milwaukee Bucks. For- yeah, no, I actually got cut. I got cut from the from the um, from, from the Nuggets because yep. um, they had a lot of veteran players. Yep. They had they had a great year the year before, so th- their coach was was uh, they're looking at you know the the, the future. Yeah. They 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 love they liked my game. They liked me. They they signed me for a year, but they had to let me go. Mm. Because uh, there was just no room on the team. There's yep. only tw- you know, 12, 12 spots. Yep. They let me keep the money as well too. You know, for, yep. so that, I mean that was a, a, a great. And I ended up, and then from there, I went. I went to the Milwaukee Bucks. But I knew that at that time that was just only a, a temporary stop because they had several players in my position who were hurt, mm. and then, so they had a few of us rookie players come in to sort of fill the spots. Okay. We, we knew they knew it. At least they were they were kind of to let us know this is only a temporary sort of thing. Yeah. So after the Milwaukee stint. Then my agent said, "Wait, why don't you why don't you have a go and uh, go over to Spain play?" Mm. And I went over to Valencia, Spain, and had a great great time over there. And um, I still had my NBA money, you know, and yep. they got some money from you know from the, from the, uh, the, 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 the the big advantage of playing in Europe, in Europe is uh, the money's. Um, I shouldn't be telling you that you had, you're an accountant. No. It was all tax free. It was tax free. <laughs> a lot of stuff. We hear a lot of stuff. You know, my my pro fighters. I mean, they they were uh, you know there's. What goes on, you know? Anyway, <laughs> but now, but it was the it was the experience that I, I really cherished the most. Yeah, you know, being course. able to it was it was my calling to go start seeing the world, being yeah. in the world. Yeah. So I played over there in uh, Valencia for mm. for a season. and had a really good season. Yep. With uh, I actually played with a guy by the name of um, Carl Carl Nix, who actually played with Larry Bird, the great Larry Bird, yeah. at Indiana State mm. when they when they had that, that iconic game against the uh, Michigan State. Um, Team led by one other, none other than Magic Johnson. Okay. So Carl Nix was was part of that uh, that game that um, when they played when they met each other in the uh, NCAA tournament. Yeah. 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 So he was a good player for for, for he was the other import imported yep. player with me and um, when I played in Spain. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then obviously, I think did you went did you, you played in the CBA for a while too, didn't you? Yeah, I went to France after after my Spanish, my year in Spain. I went, went over to, to France, France, played in a place called yep. Tour France, which is mm-hmm. right outside of uh, uh, Paris. Got to see that country, and then I went from there. Um, I went back to America to have another go at getting back in the NBA through the CBA. Yep, the CBA was sort of the launching pad to get back into the league. It was like a development league back then. In a way. It was more. It was more. It was. It was. It had a lot of different um, purposes. You know, uh, it, was, it was young guys like me who were yep. still wanted to have a shot. There was older yep. fellas who, who just wanted to you know have a place to Keep play. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So while I was playing for this Tulsa, Tulsa Fastbreakers team, which they would call it in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep. Ten games into the season, unbeknownst to me, the Brisbane Bullets, their 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 coaching staff were were in Oklahoma. No, they saw they went in Kansas to to watch a player that they 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 wanted to bring over here as an import, and yep. my team was in town playing against this team. Yeah, and we we had a pretty good team. We flogged them yep. pretty bad. I was matched up against a guy that they were you know they were looking at, and they turned right, their so attention. That was a big tall guy. Yeah, so it, apparently they turned their attention away from him to me. Okay, I didn't notice that after the game. Mm-hmm. My coach comes up to me and okay. said, "Hey." Andre, there's a some guys from a place called Brisbane. You <laughs> call it Brisbane back there, Brisbane, Australia, who yeah. want who want to. Uh, so was that about 1989 or? 19? This is yeah. This is uh, the the latter part of '89, right yeah. at the end. Yeah. Okay. December, like I arrived here in January of 1990. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when he announced that uh, you know that this team from Australia, Australia at the mm-hmm. time had no, I had no idea that they had basketball mm-hmm. court. All we knew about Australia mm-hmm. back then was Crocodile Dundee, the movie, because yeah. it was a, it was a hit movie, you know. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking where you know I'm thinking it's out back, everything's out back over here, where you know yeah. where you put the court, where did the hoop set, you know. Yeah. It was, it was it was hard. I couldn't put my my, my head around where. So, yeah, so in yeah. January two uh, January nineteen ninety was that the first time you ever came to Brisbane? Is that the very first time in Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah first time Australia, set, set, yeah. set foot in Australia. Yeah. Wow. It took me about a, a month from from when they when they uh, showed it, uh, interest mm. to, until when I arrived was about a month yeah. that, that went past. Cause I had, to, had a few things I had pretty to tie quick up. Then, pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Brian Curl, you know, I, I'm still grateful to him to this day. He, you know, he's mm. the one who. Um, who, who uh, brought me here, and he opened up a you know a whole another world for me. You know, twenty nine years later, here I am still you know in this in this wonderful country. You know? Yeah, no, I mean Brisbane, the Brisbane Bullets had a you know they had some really they had a really good team in the late eighties and the nineties oh, and yeah. um, and all of that sort of stuff. And when you came onto the scene in nineteen ninety. I mean, you had uh, Leroy Loggins on your team. Of course, the legend. Uh, yeah. Derek Rucker, I think. Derek Rucker is my fellow import. Uh, and and yeah. we, Shane Hill, when did he come on? He was Shane came a little bit, few, a few bit, years later. later. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Derek was uh, dynamic. Derek actually went to the same university as uh, Steph Curry. Okay. Davidson, Davidson. Well, okay. Steph Curry went to, I should say, because yeah. he's older. Yeah, of Steph course. went to his school, yeah. Davidson College in, uh, in, in um, North Carolina. Yeah. And um, I think I, I, I would dare say that he broke a lot of Rucker's mm-hmm. Records, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I yeah. think, I mean, coming back into 1990, 1991, I mean, you, you made a huge immediate impact in the NBL. Everyone recognized you right off the yeah, bat. Yeah, yeah. You were very recognizable. You, you know, dominated the paint straight off the bat. That was my um, thing, yeah. And, you know, I think it wasn't long before you all NBL. Yes, uh, it was the first year. It was a, it was a bit of a history, a um, bit of trivia. It was the first year that... F- Three players from one team made the All NBL. So was it Rucker, yourself, and Loggins? Yes, okay. along with um, the great Andrew Gaze yes. and Scott Fisher. Scott oh, I love Fisher. Scott Fisher. Yeah, yeah. He's he's now married to um, um, old Clint Eastwood's ex-missus. That's a whole other story as well, <laughs> yeah. too. 
But uh, yeah, that was the first time that was ever done. Three players from one team. You know, was that your it. first or second season you were all NBA? First year, first yeah. Year, yeah Rucker really was MVP what? actually that year. Yeah, what, yeah. what an accomplishment. And uh, yeah. I'm just trying to go back. When did Brisbane win um, the championships? When did they? 85 and 87. And we 87. Went to, in that year, 1990, we went to, to the grand finals. Yep. And, and lost to uh, the Perth Wildcats two yeah, games to one. Yeah, they had a good one. team, yeah. They had Ricky, Ricky Grace, who was part of our, our, our um, class as well, along with myself and Rucker. Yeah. Ricky, the amazing Grace, was um, he came along in that the 1990 season too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So great, great. Uh, so when you first came to Brisbane, it would have only been two years after Expo 88. Yeah, I was, so, I was kicking myself that I missed that, man. So I, 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 did, <laughs> I was too young to probably, well, I missed, I, I, don't, I think, I came up here at some point. I was too, probably too young to remember, yeah. but uh, that's what sort of torpedoed Brisbane into into. I've heard of, that, uh, yeah. You know, into becoming you know, one of the most liked cities in Australia. Beautiful um, city, yeah. It's a beautiful city, and you know the river and and all of that. Oh, the way it winds and everything, yeah. And all of that sort of stuff. So when you first moved to Brisbane, um, whereabouts were you set up initially? What sort of area? Oh man, it was, it was, we had a great a great initiation to the city. Uh, myself and Rucker Derek were. Um, we're, we, we were put into the what was called the Mayfair Crest Hotel. We both had suites <laughs> on different floors. <laughs> I'm like, we were doing it tough. You know, we had, you know, somebody had to do it. You know? <laughs> and um, yeah, we stayed there for about, oh, I think about the first couple months of our time. So we were right near the, you know, the Queen Street Mall and yeah. you know, the Town Square. It was, just, it was the first time I'd ever seen I had ever seen a mall like that. You know, yeah. out, sort of outdoor, indoor, sort of yeah. with tropical sort of look. You know, and everybody everybody looks so tanned and. And healthy, you know, <laughs> it, was just, it was just a great. I, I came to the right spot in Australia, you know, as far as uh, weather and, you know, cause yeah. Chicago, where I come from, Chicago, we get, you know, in that particular year, at that particular month, January, January and February, we got snow, you know, up to uh, almost up to my, up to my, uh, my waist, you know. <laughs> so to come here, uh, you know, that type of, you know, have this type of weather, it was just a, and just beautiful people, you know, just a really, really, everybody was very friendly and, mm. It was just a great introduction to the city. We were very, very yeah. blessed and lucky, you know. Yeah, great. And you had uh, so tell yeah. us um, any other sort of in those five those first five years with uh, the Brisbane yeah. Bullets. I mean, what are some of the other memories that stick out? Any other stories that sort of thing? Oh wow, yeah. Um, well, besides that fact that I, you know, Dr. J coming, you know, doing yeah, the TV show with him, you yeah, know, pl- yeah. playing, you know, playing the All Star Game, my first All Star Game in Perth. Yeah, you know that was. You know, I remember we we uh, we were um, all the players that came to Perth from other cities. As soon as we got off the plane, off the off the uh, tar, off the runway or tarmac, there was a limousine wait for us. You know, it was yeah. all just you know legit. Yeah, yeah legit. It was, it was it was closest thing to the NBA. You know, as yeah. far as the, the perks and how we were, how we were getting treated back then. Mm. Uh, the fanfare. I remember you know how, finally how how how. Um, Passionate our fans were the Brisbane Bullets fans. Mm. I'm still, I still run into a lot of those people to, to this day, you know, because um, yeah. you know in the cities and all that. And they, you know, we had we would come, we would have our suits with the Brisbane Bullets, um, you know, logo on the, on the lapel, and yeah. we would come out. We looked like schoolboys. Yeah, after every game, we would go out and greet all the fans. And I was, I've always been fan friendly. I, I never yeah. knocked I back a, a fan. I've always appreciated. What the fans brought to the table, yeah. and, and, and you know, people, that, especially mm. the people that spend their hard-earned money mm. to buy tickets for the whole family or whatever, yeah, I've always cognizant of that. So I always, we would have, we, we would have a throng of people, you know, um, circling us for, for autograph. I made sure I would try to make sure I would sign every every autograph because I knew if I missed one little kid's 
you know, signing one of the kids' autograph, that, that could probably affect that kid for mm-hmm. a long time because I, I knew how my childhood was, you know, yeah. meeting my heroes and all that. So I always was aware of, you know, my responsibility as a role model and uh, as, a, as a citizen of this, of this city, of this, of this country, that, mm-hmm. you know, I had to look, give back to the fans who gave back to me. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was always a, a, a big, big thrill. We would we would have um, two different sections we have to we'd have to go to after every game. There was a section where the people who who like I said play uh, the, the, the sort of working class people that came to the games. We would sign our graph, graph, autographs in this one area, this one little tier of the, of the uh, Bundle uh, Entertainment Stadium. Uh, Entertainment um, Stadium. Yep. And then we were we were um, supposed to go to another area, which was more for the corporate okay, you know, yeah, people. Yeah. I would always have to be called into that area. That's that's they give out the wards and all that type yeah. of thing. It was the corporate sort of section. I would always have to be called in there because I would still be out signing kids. Those, yeah. uh, you know yeah. that the people, you know, the working class sort of people. Mm. Yeah. I related more to that yeah. that group as well. You know. Yeah. So I guess what's the what's the story behind I guess the move to to the Hobart Devils in in nineteen ninety five? You obviously yeah. uh, obviously I remember we we I was a big fan of of the the Hobart Tassie Devils back oh, in the nineties. Okay. Okay. That's where I used to live. That's where I was born. Oh, that's, where I lived. that's a beautiful place down there too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where I probably would have ran into you sometime in that year. I'm sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We, we watched all. You probably watched about six or seven home games at the Doon Entertainment Center. Yeah, it was a great little place to play. Uh, at, great yeah. place to, to watch uh, hoops uh, uh, back in the mid nineties. The, the, uh, the NBL um, preseason tournament was there this 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 a uh, few weeks ago. Still at the same place. Yeah, right? they had it wow. down and down in Hobart, even though there's no team down there. Yeah. They, they they held it down there the, uh, the NBL there, yeah. there may be a team back yeah. down there pretty soon, yeah. but um, so yeah. how did that sort of come about? How did you first? How did you become a, a a sort of member of the the Hobart Devils and and what did you think living down there for twelve months? What was that like? It was great. It was a great experience. Uh, I was I was contacted by them shortly after I um, decided to part ways with the uh, the Brisbane Bullets. Um, they brought brought a new coaching staff at the time. And we, so we did, didn't really see. did Curl leave or what happened back then? Yeah, Curl Curl ended up leaving. Um, I forget about all the circumstances surrounding that, but he left, and then um, um, Brian, I mean um, Bruce Palmer came in. Coach, yep. he was a great coach. He, yep. I taught, I learned a lot from Bruce Palmer. But they, you know, the, they, the club and I decided to go a different direction, and then I, yep. I was shortly because I, you know, I was, I was still a fairly, you know, well coveted player in the league. The, uh, the the Hobart team uh, contacted me and um, asked me if I was interested in coming on down there. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, you know it would be great. You know, come down. I went down. Had a meeting, an initial meeting with the, with the uh, general manager, uh, Patrick Fairs, and um, that went well. And I ended up signing a one year deal down there. Yeah. While I was down there, that that sort of opened up some doors for me in the uh, employment industry. You know, because I was looking at life after basketball. I was I was approached while I was down there. I was approached by a bunch of business, a group of businessmen. Who was starting up this new employment industry, employment um, place, and um, it was called um, Beacon Employment, mm. and they wanted me to be sort of the face behind it. I said, "No, I, I, I'll be. I want to be involved, but I want to get involved in every aspect of, of um, from the ground floor." So I ended up helping paint the paint walls, bring lovely. in furniture. Great, yeah. And I, I, li- I linked up with this, this very lovely lady who who had, who had a vast amount of experience in employment and she taught me about all the uh, you know the technical side of it and I learned a lot about that and I ended up I, I ended up taking on a, a caseload of about 200 people that I was helping get work and I, I I really got a big thrill out of people coming in you know unemployed and finding work for them and you know and, and, and seeing the, the look on their faces when they you know 
that's what I'm all about. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, a really I, good story. I, yeah, really, really enjoy the giving back, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that, that was just another way of giving back through, uh, through this um, organization. So I'm very grateful to everyone with Beacon Employment for bringing me on board and, mm-hmm. and letting me be a part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. so back in the Hobart Devil days, who, who were your favorite teammates and uh, – and uh, I guess DP. What, what, the, what the other yeah. imports like to play with was it? Yeah, yeah. we had Jerome Scott was our, our great. Yeah. He was a he was a dynamic scorer. He so was Jerome a, Scott, I think his nickname was the Kite or something, was it? Yeah, I think it was the, the Kite for a Jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a great player, great scorer, just a great scorer. Yep. He reminded me a lot of uh, Derek Rucker as far as you know his um, prolific scoring ability. Yep. Uh, one of my favorite teammates on it would have been uh, Darren Perry, who actually played for yep. the, played for the for the Bullets in the early days. He was just such a funny guy, and, and he was quite a he, he, very witty. I like he had a very mm. dry, witty sort of humor <laughs> yeah. that I really enjoy. That's what I like yeah. about the Australians. You, yeah. Brian Curl is really good with that yeah. too. Very dry yeah. sort of humor. I love that sort of, sort of dry humor. Yeah. Yeah. So we got along very well, Darren Perry and I. But I, all my teammates were we, we, we were all very well, um, good friends. You know, down there. Yeah. Good stuff. So a good so a good place to to obviously go for a year. So then. I yeah. think what what year did the Hobart Devils uh, fold? They sort of folded a couple of years after I left. I think yeah, yeah it was about ninety seven, ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, it was very unfortunate because yeah. such a great fan base, great basketball town, the Apple Apple Isle, right? They call yeah, it? the yeah. Apple Isle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Hewenville is uh, where the the Apple, you know, all the Apple, uh, you know, the apples come uh, from orchards all and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I was uh, in Howrah. I stayed in Howrah. Yeah, that's where I lived at. So I had a view of. Hobart. Yeah, Harrow. I remember on the Eastern Shore. That used to be like a, um, it probably still is a, yeah, an upmarket sort of suburb of, of Hobart. Yeah. Uh, I used to live on at Lauderdale Beach. Um, okay, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Beach, but yeah. that was well, also on the Eastern Shore. And remember Eastlands, buddy right. shopping center. I remember. <laughs> it's I remember, still there. I remember being down there. It was because you know it gets a bit chilly down there. It was my first time ever having a, a house with a with a fireplace. Yeah. And yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to call myself. Trying to be, you know, do it yourself. Start this fire. You know, fireplace. Uh, get the fireplace going, and all the smoke's like filling the whole house up. <laughs> Come to find out, the flute was full of, um, you know, birds that were, you know, t- yeah. birds and all kind of other um, um, debris yeah. that was uh, sort of backing it up. Yeah. So I learned a great lesson about fireplaces down there. Yeah. yeah. But it was a great experience down there. Yeah. yeah and obviously, um, you fin- you uh, also went up to Cairns. Played with the Cairns Taipans. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had a three years, three year um, sort of hiatus away from the NBL. Yeah. And during that hiatus, I yeah. um, I was able to start up my program, which I still have yeah. now. So called. in those three years, where were, you, where were you living in those three years? Oh, so I left I left um, Hobart after yeah. the '94 season. Five. Yeah. '95 no, season. Sorry, yeah. and came, yeah. went back up to Brisbane. Yep. And, and um, lived in Brisbane again. And yeah. um, while I was there, I started up a program called uh, Big Feet. Yep. The Big Feet program, which is a um, health and well-being program that I run in schools all across the, all across the country. Really, it's a great program. Yeah, yeah. It's Fantastic. all it's all about um, healthy uh, teaching kids about having a healthy body and healthy mind. Mm. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, I, it's a two-part program where I do talks uh, with with a, with a PowerPoint presentation to the school to the kids about all kind of life skill issues, and then I take them down to the court and teach them the basic fundamentals of the game. You know, passing, shooting, and mm. dribbling. And not dribbling from here, dribbling the basketball. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that program has been very successful. It actually started many years ago when I, my, my first year, that first year with the Brisbane, Bullet, Brisbane Bullets, I was also approached by the Queensland Teachers Credit Union. Yep. And they started a program with that same concept um, um, called Keyway, 
and I, it was ran mainly in the Brisbane uh, region, southeast Brisbane mm-hmm. region, with Brisbane and uh, Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. And I've expanded since, and I call it Big Feet now, F-E-A-T, because I wear a size 18 shoe. But I'm also asking every person I deal with, what's your big feat in life? Mm-hmm. You know, what big okay. feat do you want to accomplish? Yeah. So it's a corporate program as well, too. I run it for corporate organizations as well. So if anyone's interested, Excellent. I'd love to uh, come to your office or your school one day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So the, and then, so those last few years in the Taipans, what was it like living up in Cairns, a lot hotter? And Yeah, two extremes from Hobart to, to Cairns. You know, yeah. going from, and back in Brisbane because it's just right. It's kind of like yeah. the, the story of the three bears, you know? Yeah. You know, <laughs> the porch, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I would be forever grateful to uh, Rob Pop, who was the coach of the Cairns and the general manager of the Cairns uh, type, well, the Cairns Marlins first, which was the CBA side, yep. the state league side, which eventually became the Cairns Taipans. Yep. Well, they're two different entities. They still both exist. Yep. But he brought me up there after a three-year hi- hiatus from the, from the NBL. He uh, brought me up to, um, to, to see if I still you know, had the passion to play the game at a high level, even though I was a bit older at that time, I was like in my mid thirties, yeah, and uh, which is ancient for basketballers, you know. But he, uh, I, I, I worked hard to get back in, back into the flow. Had a great season this, with the CBA with the Marlins, and that that that, that uh, led right into a contract with the uh, the first Taipan squad mm-hmm. um, uh, in 1999. Yeah, I was that was a very exciting time to be a part of that. This this the team growing from the ground, similar to when I was in Hobart with that with that uh, Beacon employment. Yep. I've, you know, I've been very fortunate to be a part of the the, the, the ground up of a lot of different uh, mm-hmm. different um, situations. And we we um, we didn't we didn't win a lot of games that year, but it was fun. It was a fun experience. I actually played, scored the very first team of uh, basket for the for the Taipans franchise well. for the franchise. Yeah, it was it was a little little ten foot jumper against the Melbourne Tigers. Yeah, didn't <laughs> score many other basket. After that, but yeah, I had some had some good, some some certain you know highlights uh, throughout the, my two years or what three years season with the with the Taipans. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was a great experience. Very hot up there. You know, very tropical. The uh, the rainforest was beautiful. The, you know, obviously the the iconic um, um, reef, uh, Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, you know, being you know great being a part of that. You know, outdoors stuff up there. Yeah, mm. so. So obviously you become, you know, I guess you become in, in love with, I guess, Australia and Brisbane over many years now. And uh, obviously you, you bring up your fam or your, your family here. Yes, I've had eight uh, children born in this country. Yeah, eight children. All of them born in Australia? All born in Australia. Uh, two were born in Cairns while I was up there. To, up wow. 17-year-old, 18-year-old. So I, I found other things to do besides basketball while I was in Cairns. Yeah. <laughs> we had two beautiful ch- kids born, born there. I had... Um, and the rest were born here in Brisbane, yeah, in the Brisbane area. Um, yeah, eight, four boys and four girls. Wow, that's a big family. Yeah, yeah, and we're talking um, three different mothers. Yeah, I was married to a yeah. very, very lovely, beautiful uh, woman from uh, Northeast Africa, who was raised here, came here under refugee status. Yep. many years with her family, a place from a place called Eritrea. Yep, and we had five children together. We were married seventeen years, and uh, prior to that, I had two older kids. Um, who I just well, my, my oldest daughter just had my first grandchild, Indigo. Uh, well, name is Indigo. Congratulations on being a grandfather. Then. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, the, the coolest thing is when I was at the you know, hospital visiting, 
All the nurses say, yeah, I can't believe you're a grandpa. You look like a grandpa, you know. You know mm-hmm. I'm a grandpa, yeah. Keeping you up to look after yourself. Yeah, yeah, trying to look after myself. Gemma, uh, my, my oldest daughter, yeah, she, her and her husband, um, said uh, they, they welcomed their, their child in. Mm-hmm. I have an older boy, uh, Archie, who's... Uh, Who's uh, with the with the with the Lions here? The uh, the uh, yeah. in the AFL. He's he's a quite a tall young man like myself. Mm. He's six foot about six foot. I'm six foot eight, six foot nine. He'd, he'd be around six foot seven and a half, something like that. Particularly, depending on his hair, he wears his hair pretty. You know how the young kids wear their hair pretty high, yeah. high up some, sometimes. Yeah, but he's doing very well. Very proud of him. My daughter Mona uh, just turned. Twenty-two a couple of days ago, October first. Yeah, and I had back-to-back birthdays because my, my other daughter turned seventeen the following day. Camelia, I have a, a eighteen, uh, well, nineteen-year-old daughter by named Josephine, mm. very beautiful girl. Then I have uh, Tariq. No, sorry, yeah, there's Jalen who's eighteen. Tariq is my fourteen-year-old. Pretty he, cool names here. Yeah, thank you. My fourteen-year-old uh, Tariq is uh, was was diagnosed with autism. Back oh, in okay. uh, so I'm very I'm, that's a very that's a, a, um, a cause that's very you know very dear to my heart. Uh, yep. Joe Ingles uh, actually highlighted he has a son too as well. That's, uh, during the during okay. the uh, World World Cup recently, mm. he, he 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 spoke about it during some of the uh, t- um, broadcasts. And uh, then finally, I have a a, a, a um, my youngest boy who's really into basketball as well, named Jalen. Who's I mean sorry, named Tariq. No. Get them all wrong. <laughs> Zane, Zane's my youngest. Sorry, Zane. Uh, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna go off on me about that. That's okay. He's my my twelve year old. Yeah. He he's very into ba- very much into basketball. Yeah. Beautiful. So I guess well, with just with the kids um, finishing, that, that I guess have they sort of been back to the homeland where you came from and and seen that and experienced. Some that? of them have. Yeah, a couple yeah. of them have, a couple of them haven't um, had a chance to visit. Um, and hopefully one day they'll they'll, they'll be to go. They all seem pretty happy living in Australia. They'll enjoy. Oh, they all love it. Yeah, they all yeah. doing well. Doing you know doing well with uh, their their chosen um, you know professionals. Yeah. A couple still in school. Yeah, they all do. I'm very proud of all of them. They all doing yeah. very well. I can see that. And their mothers their mothers have done a great job. You know, yeah, of, uh, raising them. Yeah. So just to put the uh, the viewers, uh, listeners into perspective, how, how I guess we met more recently, um, mm-hmm. uh, ZeroCon last year in 2018. Yeah, ZeroCon, that was a great, great um, experience, yeah. They, ZeroCon obviously had they had all these different activities going on in this big big room, or we call it the village or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, it was huge. All the different uh, exhibitors, but at one end, there's a half-court basketball right. court there. And uh, there's this lovely gentleman there, tall gentleman with a smile, and I recognised him straight away, <laughs> Andre Moore. So had, we had a selfie that day. I remember. Yeah, my son-in-law was my son-in-law was my assistant there too. Uh, Seb, yeah, he was my. So he's your son-in-law. Then. Yeah, the one who just had a baby with my my oldest daughter. Yeah, yeah. he was my assistant at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that looked, yeah. that was really good. You did some really good activities, uh, and then we be I just you know became Facebook friends and. Every yeah. now and then there's a message or a like or whatever and decided, well, ask you to come on my podcast. I really, really appreciate it too, yeah. You know, so it's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's great. Um, just, just I'll tell you a couple of other things. So mm-hmm. um, going, this is going back to Tasmanian Day. So um, I'll just tell you. So for, for about 22 years now, mm-hmm. we started, a, I guess, a fantasy basketball league oh, 22 wow. years ago. 22 uh, years. Called, this, is before, this is before uh, you know, what's it, NBA 2K and all that. Yeah, so we got all these leagues now. Yeah, so we had a fantasy basketball league where you get the you basically 
it's it was a, it was sort of a dynasty, so you wouldn't uh, redraft the whole thing. You'd start right. with the team and build them year after year, have ah. the draft, and you're like a general manager. Yeah, well, so he's, we he's had play, yeah. so we had six. We got we still run it to the, this day. We've got wow, sixteen. That's great, man. You know, Twenty two years. A lot of the guys come from Tasmania, but there are some people in different parts of the world: Switzerland, America, oh, yeah. uh, Perth. Uh, there's a few in Perth. So everything's online now. Huh? Yeah, everything's yeah, online. Yeah. One of our one of the guys uh, who I call the president. He's the he he does all this uh, everything up on the website, all the stats. And, right. Yeah. So wow, twenty two so years. Cool. Uh, that's that's been going. So those guys will be they'll be interested to to see the podcast as well. Oh, well, um, a big shout out to all you guys, man. Yeah. Flying the flag, we, we, flying we, the flag we, for basketball we, online. We, we even yeah. we we even have arguments over what positions players are meant to play. Really? <laughs> it gets really yeah, intense, huh? It does. Like. Yeah. More, more recently, we're having an argument over, you know, is Luka Doncic a forward or a guard? <laughs> He's a great player. Oh, they got him, him and Porzinga this year. Oh, that's going to be, be, gonna be, that's gonna be a, quite a tandem. You know, it's yeah. gonna, it's quite a few great tandems in the so league is, this year. Yeah, is Porzinga healthy to start? Is he back? I think he'll be, he'll be uh, ready, ready. He's put on a bit of weight too, as well too. He's got some muscle, you know, some muscle yeah. mass. I saw, saw some pictures of him. Yeah, he. They will be a very formidable duo, those two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mitch and I like to say, Mitch and the, um, what you're doing online. How yeah, first, I've got a question yeah. for you. Yeah. How, how does it work? Because I heard in Australia, yeah. with our, our 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 internet, our Wi-Fi. Yep. Um, it kind of it's it's, a little, it's it's not really on par with other other countries at the no, moment. No. Yeah. So does, does that does that play a part at all? No, not so much. I yeah. mean, uh, I don't think it plays a part in. I mean, we're able to keep things up to date pretty, you know, quickly. Yeah. Okay. But, the guy sort of uploads the, the box scores or go, you know, get, get uploaded and all that. So all the technology yeah, yeah. is there and it's been there for a, a long time. But as far as the internet, I mean, even even a place like Queenstown there has probably got better internet than we've got here in Australia. Oh, okay, it's, okay. Yeah. So the internet does need a bit of work. I still haven't got, we still haven't got the NBN here in the office yet. It's, oh, been, really? it's yeah. meant to be meant to be coming. Okay. Have you got it out where you are? Yes, yes. I'm, you I'm, have? Yeah, out of Forest okay. Lake there. I'm in the Forest wow. Lake so, area. Yeah, so... We're pretty good, yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, so Fantasy Hoops, that's something we've been doing for a long time. And we've that been sounds keep... really cool, man. Yeah. You're going to have to get me involved with that some kind of way. Well, if, some, if we boot one of the other GMs, that we might get you. Get yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's find a reason to fire him. Anyway. No, I wouldn't want to do that. So um, let's talk a bit about, uh, I guess, the NBA season. You're very passionate uh, about the NBA because I see some of your posts on Facebook and yeah. you really f- you followed as intently as anyone in our yeah I'd, I'd, I'd like to chime in would mm. um, so who do you think uh, you, you're talking about how good Dallas might be this year yeah um, the West it's a, it's a very competitive league though and yeah. we look at the league now in 2019 and compare it to what the NBA was like in the 90s the three point shot is just such a big weapon compared to what if you and, can't shoot the three you can't play and, and who, who was the guy who um, who you know he who's got that going was uh, Steph Curry. Yeah. Steph Curry, um, so that he's, that's why they call him one of the most revolutionary players, you know, in the last 10 years because he, he sort of changed the whole the whole climate of basketball with uh, the, the outside shooting because he's, he's so prolific at it, you know. Mm. So, um, but um, – I'm still, you know, I'm still a big man at heart. So I, yeah. my, my my favorite guys, are, you know, I'm a big LeBron guy. Yeah, I'm you know, a, I've always been a fan of LeBron money because of his uh, just the hustle that he puts into everything. Yeah. most yeah. of the time he's, he's there hustling, and be interested to see how the Lakers go with him and AD. Yeah, I just like him because of Taco Tuesday. I love tacos. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no but I love I love the fact that he does he does a lot of 
great things off the court as well. To any player that, or any athlete, a lot of a lot of the NBA guys are doing some great stuff. But he, because he's so high profile, yeah, his stuff gets you know magnified a bit yeah. more. You know, with the opening new school and his opening that school up in his um, Akron, Ohio, where yeah. he grew up at, and giving all the kids a, a free bike and yeah. free meals and you know, stuff like that. Just putting his money where where his mouth is. You know, yeah, he's just a just a great uh, humanitarian. You know, yeah. So I, and then as a player, he just mm. his past. You know, he does everything well. Mm. He's a bit of he got a bit of magic in him. He's got some mm. Jordan Jordan stuff. He got he got he's, he's got a power game like mm. like uh, Sean Kemp. He's just a he's a machine. One day they're gonna open him up. I, friends friends of mine, we always say this. One day they're gonna open him up. And they're gonna find wires all the you know. <laughs> they're gonna find out this guy was a, a cyborg or a robot, man. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a freak. He's, yeah, he's a freaking name. Seventeen years in the league now. Uh, well, he's going into his seventeenth year. And uh, he's you know he's on a, he's on a, he's going to have a revenge tour because he you know he, he, last year didn't go as well in Tinseltown as he wanted it to. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's got he got a lot of good help with him. But the Clippers crosses across the hallway. Yeah, what about those guys out of, from nowhere to like uh, I read that they're the number one ranked team now. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, uh, Kawhi and you know Paul George. Kawhi Leonard is you know is another favorite as well. Finals, yeah, what he did in Toronto for Toronto last year. Along with the, uh, the the rest of the team, it's a team game. But yeah. you know, but he what he was able to bring to the table, way yeah. he way he uh, nullified the your guy, the Greek freak. You wear number yeah. thirty four. He kind of he kind of exposed him a little bit. You know, he, he he's just a great player. Yeah. The hands, you know, the the his uh, the demeanor, his, his demeanor. Yeah. You know, that that shot against uh, Philly, against you know Philly was yeah. just uh, probably the greatest shot, along with um, Ray Allen's big shot. When he with the Miami Heat yeah. from the corner, those two shots there the are two. Yeah. They're probably two of the most iconic shots in the NBA history, easily. You know. Yeah. So um, yes, yeah, NBA is it's going to be is in a great it's place. Pretty, it's pretty competitive. I mean, parody, parody. There's a lot of parody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Golden year. Golden State won't be as good as they used to be. Uh, they're sort of coming backwards a bit now, aren't they? After yeah. they were so dominant with Durant when Durant was there. He he Golden. really put them over the over the uh, over the hump with uh, as far as yeah. Far as dominance, but uh, don't don't count them out though. You know, no, you Steph, can never Steph, count them out. No, no way. If Clay comes back and and Draymond, you know, he's oh. a he's a very determined you know yeah. individual. You, gotta, you know, he's he's like um, Rodman two point almost. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's, definitely. Yeah, I watched Rodman's uh, documentary. I don't know if you guys out there saw Rod, Rodman's documentary recently. Was it a new Dennis one? Rodman, new on th- thirty for thirty. Yeah, the latest thirty, 30 for, 30. for thirty. Okay, it is. It is riveting. Did he uh, talk he, about North Korea at all? Was he? he talked. They talk about everything. Yeah. They, they they just you know they put a microscope on his life. You know it was it was a lot of you know it was, uh, was your laugh, your cry is yeah it's all kind of emotions that he he laughs he cries throughout the whole mm. thing. You know he's a very very uh, uh, emotional guy. Mm. You know, but it's very you know it was a great great documentary. Yeah. I, I highly recommend everybody watching that. And the thirty for thirty team should be giving me uh, some sort of um, I don't know. Some dollars or something for that, you know, for this, for this free advertisement. <laughs> no, nah, that's great. It's great stuff. Yeah, Robin. Um, but, but yeah, Draymond, you like, you got to love players like Draymond. Yeah, I put him, you got Robin, you got, your, you got Draymond Greens, you got your Ron Artest, a.k.a. Uh, Meta World Peace. Yep. Those type of guys, every team needs a guy like that. I had a guy play with me, um, Shane Frawling. Um, yeah. He was that type of player, you know, sort of intense so the guy that does all the dirty work, uh, and then we had um, uh, another guy uh, years ago. Um, uh, I can't think of his name off, off the hand right here, but who's he was also. I've had I've had every team I played on. I've, I've had a guy like that, you know, who 
you could you know that, that, that intense sort of player that you need for a team you know so those guys are uh, a great great value yeah yeah now there's a lot of a lot of I mean in your career you would, you've, you've played with lots of great players and oh yeah and against in great Australia players. and in, in America uh, it must be fascinating to, to sort of think about some of the stories that you've had and oh, you know, the man. people like you know you Dave, I think David Stiff you Stiffy yes yeah. playing with David Stiff down in here hold on he was a great teammate yeah. He went on to win quite a few rings, you know, in the NBL. Mm. He had that sort of uh, unorthodox sort of way of a post game, you know, yeah. which threw a lot of a lot of uh, opponents off. Yeah, the way he would, you know, up up and unders, and fakes, and, fakes, and he yeah. was, you know, he's kind of had some really sharp elbow elbows and all that. That's a great dude. I, I, I love playing with uh, old Stiffy. Yeah, yeah, fuck, that's amazing. Yeah, so I think. Yeah. Um, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. I mean, which teams are other teams we need to look out for this year in the for, East? In the East, yeah, yeah. You, you just named them. Philadelphia, of course, with, uh, with our own, our very own uh, Ben Simmons, who's yeah. been, you know, he said he's been working on a, a jump shot. And I, I heard him, he had a quote the other day on, on uh, online where he was saying, um, someone asked him about, you know, will he be using his jump, his newfound jump shot or whatever. He said, if, if I'm open, I'll, I'll take it this year. So yeah. that'd be. You know, um, something to see. I mean, he's obviously playing, arguably the best big man in the league, uh, Joel Embiid, mm. who's on. A, I think he's on a mission to pretty much yeah close to all NBA sort of players, and he Joel Embiid. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. He's uh, and I think he's the good thing about Joel. I'm, I'm so glad he's been able to stay a bit more healthy the last few years. That's what he has. He's lost. He's lost about um, thirty pounds, I think, since right, uh, since okay. last season. So he's. That takes a lot of pressure off your your joints, particularly his knees, which has been have been a big problem for him. Yeah. So he's he'll be a lot lighter, you know. Big guys, you know, you got to you got to we got to keep weight the weight um, at a at a minimum to because um, we, we you know we carry a lot of weight, it's going to be tough on your joints. Yeah. You know, and they actually they actually brought over um, the guy from from the Celtics to to play with them now too. Uh, uh, the big guy, they used to give him a lot of the center for the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, Horford, no. Horford, yeah, Al yeah, Horford, okay, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. he's with the he's with Philly now. Yeah. So um, he's going to give them a big boost as well too. Uh, so they'll be the team to, to be as long along with uh, Milwaukee. So he'll be, be sort of power forward. Embiid will be the center. Yeah. And yeah. then you'll have uh, you'll have Simmons. At, at I think the point, t- yeah. I think Harris is still there too, isn't he? Tobias. Tobias, yeah, he signed a big contract with him as well too. So he'll uh, be like a big sort of small forward. Small forward, yeah, yeah, great great shooter. So he'll, he'll and they have a, another guy playing. Playing the, um, the two guard, I can't think of his name, but he they, they got a pretty formidable, formidable I think team. Reddick went somewhere else. I think. Yeah, Reddick's with um, uh, Zion, Zion in uh, New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, Zion Williams. He's, he's another tell me, about, one. tell me about Zion. Do you reckon he's just gonna? Because I think, I mean, when I, I'm just sort of making a prediction now with Zion, I think mm. he's going to be the best rookie to come out in in a long time. He has the potential to, but it, until they, you know, we can we can sit here and talk know, about it. But yeah, it's just. <laughs> It's this, it's this unknown it, quantity. You don't know what is. what you're gonna get. You know, it's yeah. like a like a um, uh, what's his um, Forrest Gump set. You know, it's like a <laughs> box of chocolate. You know, you don't know what you get when when these guys come out. But he he's you know, he, yeah, he has potential to be uh, a, a um, phenomenon. Yeah, and I hope he you know he comes in and makes that makes that adjustment really well. You know. But uh, the other other teams to look, to look for look out for in the East was uh, besides Philly and Milwaukee is um, the uh, Indiana Pacers. Yeah, and the Indiana Pacers. That, now my my boy um, has moved from Milwaukee to their Brogdon. No, your Brogdon, your Brogdon. Yeah, so yeah, Brogdon is yeah. on my fantasy team. So he's, yeah, um, he's he's good quality. He's a good player, man. 
So Brogdon, he's um, w- along with uh, hopefully Oladipo comes back and yes, yes. And I think they still got, they still got Sabonis, I think, and Miles. Turner. Yeah, yeah, Sabonis. Yeah, Sabonis is boy. Miles yeah. Turner. So they, yeah, there's the makings of a good team there. That's for sure. Very they, much they, so. And yeah, they're, and they good defensively. You need to be a good defensive team as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, fair enough. In the West, we've got it could be Ooh, so many wild wild West. Yeah, we've got the Lakers. <laughs> we've got the Clippers. And we also we got we got, got uh, Houston as well. We got Portland. We got Dallas. Aforementioned, aforementioned so you got, Dallas. To, you know Mavericks. So we got Westbrook playing with Harden. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. That's going to be something. That's, something to Again. behold. You know, those two. You know, it's it's up to Dan, Dan, Dan Tony to put you know make that all happen. I mean, they got to put it, make it happen on the court. But he has a you know. They're going to coaches, play. you know, coaches. His his he's on he's they're on gonna, the hot seat. Yeah. They always seem to play three guards all the time now. Houston. They seem to. Yeah. They always seem to play Eric Gordon out on the wing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see when they match up against the LA team. You know, that taller sort of team. Right. Most right. likely, the Kuzma is a great player. Kuzma, I think, is maybe uh, hurt. He's hurt oh, now. Is he? he won't be one of four first few months. I think of the season. Okay. Yeah. So, but but they got they got um we got the three headed monster at the, yeah. at the I think center the too. Cu- Cousins is out as well. I think. Right. So that's what they have a new three headed three headed monster at center. Yeah. With uh, AD, Javale McGee, and Howard, who yeah. you know. Uh, oh, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Howard. Yeah, Dwight so Howard. Four, I mean, if, if Cousins were, they'd have four of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, he crazy. they they brought Howard in because Cousins because of his unfortunate yeah. um, injury. I saw. I actually yeah. saw some footage recently of Dwight Howard. He looks like he's back in shape and ripped. And he's, yeah, he's looking real. Looking, playing in the playgrounds and stuff. His like first that. his first stint with the with the Lakers, he was you know he was coming off a major back injury. Yeah. You know, so he wasn't a hundred percent at all near, near nowhere near a hundred percent at that time. And um, Kobe, yeah, him, Kobe, they ended up getting on, you know, really bad terms, you know, because Kobe, Kobe's such an intense competitor, you know, co- ten, yeah, very competitive guy, yeah. But he's, yeah, he seems like he's a, he's got a new lease on life, and hopefully he does well. I'm really, I'm really hoping he does really well. And two yeah. other surprise teams, not to forget, in the west of Denver and Utah. Yes, Jokic, Jokic, and you know, and, and company down in you know Denver, and I think Denver got to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, against the Warriors. So. Yeah, and Utah, you know, with, uh, with the the Stifle Tower, they call him. Uh, yeah, he's playing really well. I mean, and, Mitchell's and really Mitchell. Good. He's a, he's about to have a breakout season. He played really well in the, in the World Cup recently. Even though Which, they, did they add a new? They got rid of Rubio and added another point guard, didn't they? Who they add? They got um, from Memphis. Um, um, the, oh, Conley. Conley, Conley yeah, from Memphis. Be, yeah. yeah, he's going to make them. Man, he's going to really help them out. Yeah, the West is going to be very competitive, man. Oh. Just can't wait. So we're only a few weeks away from yeah. from the tip off. I think uh, the Clippers and Lakers tip off. I think they playing game Christmas one. day or who's playing? Yeah, some. Yeah, they play uh, opening opening day as well as Christmas Day against each other. <laughs> yeah, so that's gonna be amazing. Like like LeBron said in his uh, conf- yeah. his uh, press conference the other day, um, the real winner will be L A L A as a as a whole. You know, the community to get to you know to get yeah. to play, get to see two really. You know, outstanding teams um, perform each, each um, anytime you go to a the Staples Center. You yeah, know, you know, so it's gonna be really. It's gonna be. I'm, I can't, well, let's, well, can't wait. I mean, so if you if you were to live somewhere back in America, would, would it be back in Chicago? Or is there somewhere that you back in America that you think? Well, if I went back there, this is where I would live. Oh, Chi Town, Chicago, yeah. uh, by far. Yeah, it's the greatest city for I've me. Still you know. get there. Yeah, yeah, I still love you know the. 
Oh, especially in the summertime, you know, summertime in the city in Chicago is just just what's the, what's the weather like in the summer there? Is it sort of like a, what? How do you, how yeah, we get we get uh, we get the um, thirties, forties. Yeah, we get really hot there. Yeah, and it's um, you know beautiful. That's the beauty of of, the, of Chicago: four seasons in one year. You know, you get the. I remember growing up, you, my mom would have boxes with you know summer clothes, winter, uh, spring. And then uh, fall, you know, fall clothes. You have all these different boxes, different types of shoes, different type of footwear for all the different different uh, changes in seasons. Mm. And then, uh, you know, with those changes, with, uh, all the different sports would come in. Mm. You know, baseball and football and basketball. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, I really, I, yeah, Chicago by far would be the yeah. city I would love to. So, so I guess some of the things you sort of have helped, uh, you know, I guess with your training programs and that uh, eating correctly is obviously very important. What type of diet is the diet that you sort of uh, swear by that you, you know, what, what's it? Well, it's, it's a matter of uh, portions, yeah. food portions, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't try to knock away, I mean, I don't try to give up too many of the foods I like. Yeah. But uh, I eat a lot of pasta, though. I like I like pasta. But okay. just the portions of it, you know. But I um, also cooking cooking methods as well too I, I try to stay away from fried food which is yep. something a lot of my family back home are still sort of doing yeah. doing yeah, frying a lot of fried it tastes, you know, it tastes great you know yeah. the KFC and all that but but um, bacon you know bacon chicken instead of frying it you know it's, yep. it's always a much healthier option you know mm. and drink lots of water staying away from mm. the sugary sort of mm. um, drinks and whatnot. and just um I've, all, I've I've eliminated um, lamb from my diet because you know, I know lamb's very tasty, but yeah. I, I have a, a, a sort of a compassion for those little animals. Fair enough, very fair small, enough. yeah, very small animals, along with veal as well. Yeah, and then I I, uh, I don't eat pork because I was when I was married, I was married to a Muslim yeah. lady, and I even though I we divorced, yeah, we have a great relationship, and I still adhere to you okay. know some of those doctrines you know from that religion out of respect you know for the religion mm. you know. So I, I don't eat pork um, to, to this day. Since 1995 when I met her, it's the first, last time I had any yeah. sort of pork dishes. But I still have my beef and chicken, you know, from yeah. time to time. Um, but just the main thing is portion, portion mm. being able to yeah. And is that exercise uh, a big part of your life now? Or? Yeah, for the most part, I still play. I still play the game. Yeah. I'm 55 years old. I'm feeling great. I still play uh, every Monday, Monday night. I've had a few problems with my back. Over the, over the last few years, so if, I, if people want to know where you're playing to to to, to watch the, you for old times' sake, where would they be watching? Well, every Monday night uh, from from six p.m. anywhere from six p.m. to nine p.m. Yeah. I play at Karina at the uh, Southern Districts. Yeah, okay. I play uh, with a team called the Crusties. It's a veteran. <laughs> it's a veteran. <laughs> it's veterans, veterans league. Yeah, veterans team. Some of the names of that league are, are funny, man. But it's a team full of guys who are um, obviously not you know, on my caliber as far as, but they're great guys. Yeah. They play hard. You know, they, they make they make make mistakes. I still make mistakes. You know, everybody, yeah. you know, everybody makes mistakes. You know how I know that? Is that's why they put erasers on pencils because everybody makes mistakes. So the guys I play with, they play hard. They uh, respect the fact you know that you know where I come from. I respect them. We have a great time. It's all about fun. The veteran comp is all about fun. Guys staying in shape. So that's a great way to stay in shape, playing a game that, yeah. I, that I still love to this day. Yeah. You know? yeah, shout out to a good good friend of mine uh, who was a really good basketball. I played a little bit of basketball yeah. sort of as I was, you know, teenager up to about the, the, you know, 18, that sort of time frame. I 
I enjoyed it. I, I you know played for teams like Clarence Mooner, you know all these places in mm-hmm. in Hobart. But shout out to uh, the guys in the TRSBA that still play as well. Uh, yeah, what's up, fellas? Yeah, Dan- <laughs> Daniel, he's, he's in Sydney. Daniel Howard, a good friend of mine, and yeah. uh, I think Maddie McDermott, uh, the president of the, the TRSBA, he's uh, I think he's still playing. As How well, you doing, Maddie? So, <laughs> so yeah, so up, shout yeah? out to those guys. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been uh, great to have you on the podcast. Yeah. I think we've 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 had a great time here today, mate. Oh man, it's been great. I really appreciate you bringing me on. Uh, you know, yeah. it's uh, you know, I know you've come out of your way here on a Friday afternoon. It's it's uh, very much appreciated. It was, it was uh, a pleasure of mine. Yeah, you know, it's great to hear the stories. But I guess anything sort of final, anything final for the listeners. I like uh, to well, I have to a couple of shout outs. I like to sh- uh, shout out obviously all, all my shout outs. Yeah, yeah, all my shout outs. Yeah, shout out to my family, uh, all my all my kids and. The mothers of my children, you know, to, uh, you guys are wonderful. I love you guys. My my family back in America, my my mom and cousins and brothers and sisters are back there. I like to give a, also a special shout out to three people that have really been, made a big difference worldwide to all of us. Steve Jobs, you know, because okay. uh, he's able to <laughs> because of his, you know, what he's done with, uh, uh, you know, with. With the computers and all that type of things, I'm able to talk to my, my another person. I'm about to shout out my best friend Philip and his his lovely wife uh, through through uh, WhatsApp, you know, and yeah. those type of things. They made those those type of people made those things possible. Yeah. Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. Then you had um, uh, I have to shout out um, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, for Facebook. Yeah, Facebook has it's, been. You can't. Been, how can yeah. we live with? I don't know. Just <laughs> 2009. I, I, as much as I try to live without Facebook, yeah, it's just, just, it's just grateful, especially for yeah. people like myself living living yeah. overseas, you know, across yeah. the waters. Exactly. And then, then and then the great um, Dr. James A. Naismith, who who yeah. invented the game of basketball, great, which made it possible for us to be sitting here talking to each other right now. Yeah, you know, because that that game of basketball is, is is given myself and you know millions and millions of people over the years yeah. uh, a whole another world that we can you know we can um, feed our families and you know and um, Meet people and start new lives and all that, you know. So, Dr. James A. Naismith, who was a Canadian who invented the game in Springfield, Massachusetts, back mm-hmm. in 1899, I'm forever in debt and grateful to to this to this gentleman, you know. Then all the Brisbane mm-hmm. uh, fan base, uh, Brisbane, Hobart, Cairns, you know, how how they've all embraced me um, uh, over the years. It's just been it's been wonderful. It's had a lot a lot of people, my you know, all the people I grew up with, you know, in high school and. My, my neighborhood in Augill Gardens. I'd like to just all, and then, you know, I'm just really, really grateful to all of you guys, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been wonderful, yeah. Thanks very much, man. I'm, I'm going to just finish up by saying mm-hmm. I'm predicting Lakers are going to win the, the 2020 I'm going to go title. with you, too. I'm going with, I'm with you. The Lakers? Yeah, okay. checking, you know, LeBron. My, LeBron, I got yeah. LeBron's on there. As long as they're all healthy, and I reckon they will stay, they will stay healthy this time around. Yeah. They, they're going to get the job done, so. That's right. Thank you very much. That's been Friday the 4th. Of October 2019, I think it might be even episode 69, believe it or not. But anyway. Wow, 69. I live in, my, my address is 69. 69 something, I won't tell you the street, yeah, but yeah. that's my address. Cool, man. Good to see so, you, oh, man. We good that, and we go with that too, huh? Yeah. And I, we go with the, uh, and a little bit of this. What's that? That, that, that uh. <laughs>